Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Mike Vrabel is fired. No, really. And we're actually going to tell you why this makes more sense than a lot of people realize. Also, just as the Grizzlies got John Morant back, they lost him. And while Darvin Ham isn't the problem for the Lakers, he also isn't the solution. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your first order. That's J A S E medical.com. Two years ago, the Tennessee Titans were preparing to enter the AFC playoff race as the number one seed in the conference. This week, they moved on from Mike Rabel in, at for the moment anyway, the shocking move of this offseason coaching cycle. Mm-hmm. Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans joins me now. And Tyler, frankly, you seemed less shocked than this about this than, than a lot of people did. Why did it get to this point? Well, it's just because I look around the NFL and see what works. I mean, look at the last six Super Bowls, five offensive coaches. Look around at the teams that have sustained success and get into the playoffs every year. They're led by offensive coaches. And it's a simple fact that if you have a good offensive coordinator, that man will be a head coach soon. So you constantly have to go through offensive coordinator. And for a head coach, a defensive head coach, to constantly hit on offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, I mean, look at Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's a great coach, but he is struggling to find a good offensive coordinator. John Harbaugh is really the only guy that consistently, consistently finds good coordinators because he's willing to search outside of the traditional methods. I mean, he brings in two guys from college, and quite frankly, Vrabel is not self-aware enough and not advanced enough in his thinking to be that kind of guy. He wants to surround himself with his buddies, his loyal guys, two years of Todd Downing running the offense, six years of Craig Aukerman running the special team. So when you look at just the way that Vrabel views how to build his staff, how to play football in the NFL, I'm sorry, but if you look around at all at other NFL teams and you get outside of the Nashville bubble, it's obvious that the Titans are not doing the smart thing, the logical thing. At the end of the day, can you do that going against the grain? Can you win with a defensive coach and all that? Yes, certainly you can. There's no cut and dry, black and white method to winning in the NFL. But at some point, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you have to quit trying to go against the grain like they have for 25 years. You have to go with what works most often and play the percentages. And the Titans made the right move here. Go find your offensive coach, install him with Will Levis, and then build around that. You know, Mike Vrabel is a good coach. So in a vacuum, this looks like a bad move because they lost a good coach. But Mike Vrabel ain't Mike Tomlin. He ain't Bill Belichick. He ain't John Harbaugh, and he ain't God. So they can find better, they can do better, and it's time for this organization to modernize its processes. They started that with Rand Carthon last year. As you know, Chad Brinker brought in. They started adding analytics. One thing for you, Pete, is they asked John Robinson before it was fired. I think this is Kevin Clark at the Ringer. uh, What's up with the analytics? And John Robinson said, I am the analytics department. Mike Vrabel is the embodiment of that as a coach. So right now the Titans are saying, hey, you're a good coach. That's for sure. 
but we need to modernize and catch up with all these other organizations. So I think this is a great move by the Tennessee Titans. It is also, I think, you, you mentioned the John Harbaugh in Baltimore. It helps to have Lamar Jackson, and, and the Titans are just not at that place with their quarterback position, though there's plenty to like about what we saw from Will Levis this past season. But to your point, this feels like a move you make when you have an eye on at least the process somewhere else, some idea of how else to run the show here. So if you had to guess who is at the top of the wish list, that is reasonable because like Jim Harbaugh is probably not coming. So where are you Mm -hmm. looking if you're this Tennessee brain trust? Well, Pete, I don't want Jim Harbaugh. He's he's a good football coach, no doubt. But he brings a clown show with him as well. His mm. antics, his personality. You don't like whole milk? Yeah, and I'm just not here to deal with it. For me, start to connect the dots. Rand Carthon came from Los Angeles. Rand Carthon mm. came from San Francisco most recently. Who is a coordinator that's really hot right now who came from San Francisco? Bobby Slowick, the offensive mm. coordinator of the Houston Texans, who just proved that he can take a rookie quarterback behind a third-string offensive line with weapons that people aren't confident in and turn it into one of the better offenses in the NFL and get to the playoffs. Now, Pete, let me do this for you. If you're the Tennessee Titans and you can steal the offensive coach who just led your division rival to a championship and steal the offensive coach that just led C.J. Stroud to a great rookie year and install him with your rookie quarterback within the division, now you're taking away a big asset from your division rival while also helping yourself. It's a double whammy for the Titans. Stay up to date all year on the Tennessee Titans by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Titans on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Memphis is back to Jollis. So now what? Before we get to that, Eric Spolstra is getting paid. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But let's talk about a real situation for a moment. Tough situations. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis and Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and many others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important and never been easier to be prepared than it is today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. LOCKEDON has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. LOCKEDON Sports Today here for you 24-7 Covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Miami Heat coach Eric Spolstra getting the bag in South Beach. An eight-year contract extension worth more than 120 million dollars the most committed money in north american coaching history according to reports spolster has established himself as one of the most respected and successful coaches in professional sports and the new deal reflects both his and the organization's desire to keep him within the only franchise he's ever worked 
in the NBA. He trails only Spurs coach Greg Popovich in terms of tenure with a single franchise and is third behind Popovich and Indiana Pacers coach Rick Carlisle among active coaches in games one. Garrett Wilson hated 2023. During his weekly spot on Barton Hahn on ESPN New York, he said, I hear I had a good year. It's the worst year of my life, though. In his exit interview, he shared his concerns with team officials and came away satisfied that the organization will try to address them. The 2022 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year reached 1,000 receiving yards for the second straight season. That didn't stop Wilson from looking noticeably dejected Monday after another 7-10 finish by the Jets. He said the offense needs to make better in-game adjustments. I mean, tell me Nathaniel Hackett is the problem without saying Nathaniel Hackett is the problem. But also, they didn't have Aaron Rodgers. So now what? Because we don't know when Aaron Rodgers is coming back, no matter what he says. Denver Broncos owner and CEO Greg Penner, general manager George Payton, and coach Sean Payton, no relation, all left the door open Tuesday for Russell Wilson to return in 2024. But the three also said no decision has yet been made on the quarterback's future. Sean Payton said that he met with Wilson for 30 minutes Monday in a scenario where Wilson would return was among the topics discussed, but also that any decision would be made in a timely fashion. So we're going to know soon. Many in the league expect the Broncos to release Wilson in the coming weeks, but that would have major, major cap implications, especially if they do it now instead of waiting until June. And pending a physical, the Chicago Cubs have made their first big signing of the offseason in Japanese pitcher Shoto Imanaga. Pros and cons, first of all, Massive pro as the Cubs made a move, Matthew. The Cubs got better today, January 9th, 2024. The Cubs improved their baseball team. And I think the easy thing to do is jump right to apples to apples. Is he better than Marcus Stroman? Because if he is, then there's an improvement. Yep. I think so, but we'll get into that. Okay. Let's start with the second pro, his actual body of work. He's pitched eight seasons in the Japanese league, by far on all accounts, the second best league in all the world for baseball. 2.96 career ERA, extremely solid. Just a tier below uh, where Kodai Sanga was coming into the to the league. Doesn't have the wipeout pitch that a Kodai Sanga has, but but a tier below those wise. Very interested to see what the years and, and money is. I'll get to that. Uh, outstanding control outstanding at limiting walks the last five six years of his career he's been about just over about one walk per nine innings which is excellent here is another story you need to know john morant returned to the memphis grizzlies after serving his 25 game suspension and the grizzlies suddenly looked like a team that had a chance to push to make the play-in and then while he was working out a shoulder injury gave way to imaging that turned out John Morant had a labrum injury in his shoulder that's going to require surgery. And as quickly as his season began, it is now over. Joe Mullinax from Locked on Grizzlies joins me now. And Joe, this is a brutal loss for a team that, that really felt like it was finding something once again with John Morant back in the fold. Um, though, you know, not always perfect uh, over the last couple of weeks here. But uh, how does this change the way that they move forward with this team? Honestly, it, if anything, it should be freeing. Right. Like I told our audience over on Locked On Grizzlies, don't don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. You saw the flash of John Morant and the brilliance of what he was capable of, especially that first game back against New Orleans. But there were other games and other flashes. The 
you know, people like to say he didn't dunk on Wemby. He definitely dunked on Wemby Yama. All right. The guy's seven <laughs> five. Let's not give him credit where he doesn't deserve it. Um, you know, there were there were lots of reminders of what John Morant is capable of. And in this brief run that we were able to see him play, you saw him be the best player for the Memphis Grizzlies, which obviously is important long term. But for me personally, I saw him get back to what he was before the first suspension. Because you got to remember he was suspended twice, right? So yep. he came back from the first suspension and he didn't look the same. He didn't play the same. His energy wasn't the same. He didn't seem like his heart was in it. It seemed like after this longer suspension, he was more comfortable being himself, a better version of himself, however he wants to sell it publicly, whatever the case might be privately. It's not our business anyway. He seemed more like the John Morant that was audacious enough to try to dunk on a seven foot five guy, right? I'm not sure that dude would have done that against Anthony Davis in the Los Angeles Lakers series in the playoffs this past year. I'm pretty sure he would now if the Grizzlies got to that place. I think it's safe to say they won't at this stage. Uh, that play-in dream, which was going to be difficult anyway, even with Morant in the fold, it's probably borderline impossible now. So with that in mind, this team does have um, uh, and has for a couple years now had some pieces that if they wanted to make a trade for a big star, they could take a swing, put a couple pieces of these together. And if they wanted to go the other way and sell off parts for some future value, they could do that too. What do you think is um, not just the most likely, but the best pathway for them now? I think the best pathway is to kind of stay the course, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that you try to blow it up because the teams that are, you know, I think the Grizzlies are currently sixth in the lottery odds. I don't see them falling below eighth, to be honest with you, because the teams that are in front of them in terms of the teams they were chasing for the play-in, aside from the Utah Jazz and the Western Conference, those teams are actively trying to get better, right? So I don't see them being worse than Memphis at this stage. I think that in the Eastern Conference, you have a set really bad group of teams in Detroit yeah. and Washington and others. It seems kind of set in a weird way already at this stage of the season that the six to eight seed rate or the six, excuse me, the six to eight spot in the lottery is probably where they'll land if they do nothing at all. And they can bring back Luke Kennard, right? He has a team option for next year. Marcus Smart is under contract. Jaron Jackson Jr. is under contract. Desmond Bain, John Morant, Brandon Clark, who we haven't talked about. He's been out all year doing Achilles tear. You have the situation with Steven Adams and his PCL injury that cost him his season. All these guys are under contract for next year. So the Grizzlies have to do some probably some minute things to try to take care of their tax burden because they're probably going to be a tax team for the first time next year, and that is significant in a market like Memphis. So I would maybe envision them doing something to try to address that a little bit. But at the same time, I don't think that they need to do a tank job. They don't need to move on from Marcus Smart uh, unless the price is right in terms of a trade. If somebody comes along and offers them an offer they can't refuse, then sure, you consider it at this stage of the game because long-term, your team is Morant, Bain, and Jackson Jr., and the pieces around it can rotate but they don't have to force their hand in that way. Things can happen more organically now. They don't have to push super hard to try to be a play-in team because this team is good when they are healthy. Uh, I, I joked on our show, Locked on Grizzlies, that you know the, the Tony Stark, uh, Pepper Potts end of Avengers uh, endgame, right? It's okay, Tony, you can rest now. Uh, it's okay, Grizzlies, you can rest now. Stay up to date all year on the Memphis Grizzlies by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Grizzlies on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. 
Coming up, if you aren't the problem, but you aren't the solution either, then you're Darvin Ham. The NFL playoffs are coming and now's the perfect time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book because right now new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. The closest point spread of wildcard weekend belongs to the Browns and the Texans. FanDuel has the Texans and CJ Stroud as two and a half point home dogs. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Los Angeles Lakers have had a rough season so far. Questions abound. Few answers. One question is how much of the blame is on Darvin Ham's broad shoulders? Locked on Lakers host Andy Kamenetsky joined Locked on NBA host Jackson Gatlin to discuss why Ham doesn't deserve a ton of the blame, but he isn't the solution either. I don't think Darvin Ham is the problem. Uh, there have been so many problems of late. I don't know if you could say any one thing is the problem, but I think the issue was increasingly starting to look like that Darvin wasn't the solution. And sometimes it doesn't even matter depending on where you were. And you mentioned the Lakers not being quite at rock bottom. If this wasn't rock bottom, they were eye level with that rock. You know, they were, they were staring that rock dead in the face square on. And, you know, the IST uh, that they won feels like 10 years ago compared to where they are. Season at this point, It, it feels like a different decade compared to where they are right now. And, you know, they're, Beyond some of Darwin's decisions with the rotation and uh, I think certain schemes, they were doing things like that. His messaging over the last two games, like pregame, postgame, was frankly pretty tone deaf and seemed like somebody that would be pretty easy to tune out and I think made it easy to believe reports or at times just body language that he was being tuned out. But this was a really important win, not just because the Lakers needed a win. Some of the rotations and substitutions from Darvin Ham this season have been weird. There's no question about that. But the roster is just not as good as a lot of people thought it was going to be. They've had Anthony Davis and LeBron James for most of the season. This is not like, oh, LeBron missed a month. And so the record is underwhelming. No, they've had those guys. And LeBron has been phenomenal for most of it. Turning back the clock, James Worthy said the other day that that he had one of the best dunks of the century. Like, it is not a LeBron James and Anthony Davis problem, which means it's an everyone else problem. But there's only so much you can do when your roster looks the way that it does. They just don't have enough playmaking. Part of that is... They brought in Gabe Vincent to be part of the solution there, and he has not been healthy. But the roster is just not as good as we thought, and the West is better. The Wolves are better. The Nuggets, no hangover. These other teams are just better right now. The Oklahoma City Thunder, definitely better. I don't know how much of this is getting fixed by any coach. This is a roster problem right now, and it's a perception problem. We thought it was going to be better as a collective, than it has been because they went to the conference finals, made some tweaks, made some upgrades. Hey, 
Progress is linear, right? Well, not always. And finally, the Miami Marlins hired Rachel Balkovic to be their farm director Tuesday. Miami Tabs, the first woman to manage a minor league team to ramp up their player development. The 36-year-old Balkovic has spent more than a decade in organized baseball in the past two years managing the Tampa Tarpons, the New York Yankees single-A affiliate. She's the second female executive hired to be part of the Miami Marlins front office. Kim Ang was Marlins general manager until she stepped down after the season. Farm director is largely considered the second toughest job in a major league baseball front office and could be a fast track for Balkovic to step into a GM role one day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, what can we expect from Wild Card Weekend? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today.